It's time for the View in Your Mirror podcast. I'm Katie Harms, and along with Lisa Rubin, we help you check in and curate the best possible you and the best view in your mirror. We share tips, tricks, and strategies from our 35 plus years in our respective industries. We talk about your day from morning to night and everything in between. We share our uniqueness, relish in our shared experiences. Along the way, we share conversation with fabulous people who give us their own thought-provoking insights. So come along as we help you hone the best view in your mirror. Lisa Rubin. Katie Harms. Greetings to you. Greetings, greetings. I know you're very excited about this podcast we're doing today. This is your bucket list. Greetings and salutations to you. Uh, Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, I really, I just feel such a connection to this woman she's probably gonna listen to this if she ever listens to the beginning of the show but we have Ella Engstrom joining us and there is a new show out called The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning which I mean it certainly stops you in your tracks when you hear the title of the show whether you get any further than that or not but it's it's been in my mind. It's like the culmination of thoughts and ideas and things that I've seen swirling around. I And I, so I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent. We'll have Ella coming up after my rant. <laughs> I'm listening, Katie. I'm listening. After we do our rant. You know, you and I have had a lot of really great guests, but one that has really stood out to me was Pat Miles, who lost her husband to cancer after a three-month battle and what she wrote a book which is an incredible book really about preparing and how they were not prepared and how you should prepare and having get having in my own family getting comfortable with death and cleaning out and what happens to things it has long been on my mind that I truly don't want to leave my family with a bunch of stuff. And that's I get it. What we're going to be talking about. So then what is it that we want to leave our family with? What do you want to leave your family with? Well, I've, I've been giving it some thought because I'm, I just recently went through the process with my parents get, cleaning out their house of 60 years. They moved into a, an apartment now and all the stuff they wanted to bring with them, like all this stuff. And I kept saying, what, what, do you, what are you going to do with all this stuff? Well, we just want it. Like it makes them feel good, right? And it's interesting. I think each generation is, it is not as important to them to hang on to that stuff. And it was very interesting because the last thing my mom took out of the house that she forgot about was two big boxes of photos that were just in a box. I haven't even looked in the box, but I think they're actual photos of her mother and her mother's parents, like the old black and whites. And she's like, I I, I can't throw this in the dumpster, which I, I can appreciate. But then, you know, someone said, well, have her do a digital, you know, and put it all digital. Well, that is way beyond them. They, they want to actually hold the picture, see the picture, look at the picture. They don't want to look at it on a computer. But 
there's that whole aspect of it. You know, all these photos, like I've seen generations of people, you know, I know that there's many companies that do the digital platforms, but it is a new concept for the older generation. Mm -hmm. I think our children will have no problem with that. They're already there. They're putting together the Shutterfly books. Uh, my one daughter, every year at the end of the year, she has made a commitment and she's done it. Her oldest daughter is seven. So she's done this for at least seven years. Every year at the end of the year, she looks through the pictures that she has taken digitally and compiles them and puts them into a Shutterfly book. It's, well, that, yeah, that's what my daughter does. And it's, and that sits beautifully. It takes up very little room. I think of the photo albums that we have that I still have that I'm now going through those photo albums and I'm digitally putting them through photo, photo mine. And I will put together some books because I, that's one of the things There's one of the gifts that I want to give my family is I don't want you to have to worry about these thousands and thousands and thousands of pictures that I still have the the negatives for that there's duplicates of them behind that, you know, we used to do pictures in a whole different way, obviously. But I also think our kids watched us through the collection phase of our life, if that makes sense, that it was more common or they watched the stuff that we got from our parents. And I think they have decided, no, I don't, I don't want to be burdened by all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Like my parents, um, you know, my, my dad especially wanted me to have certain memories that he had. Right. And I said, I, this is what I want. You know, my parents were, um, their hobby was their yard. Their, their yard was beautifully landscaped. And my dad used to get these metal sculptures and paint them. So for me, that's a memory. So I went in their yard and I took some of the metal sculptures and now put them in my yard. Oh, and that's I all. That. And that's all I wanted. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, obviously I'll take some pictures. I haven't looked in those boxes, but um, that was the important piece for me because then I could look outside and I could see it. Mm -hmm. So I think that I think about it that way. Like, what would my kids want that would remind them of me? Mm -hmm. I suppose clothes, but I don't know. Like, I've never asked them that question. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, there's the jewelry piece, obviously. You know, yeah. if you have good jewelry and yes. you have a daughter, granddaughter, you want yes. to pass that down. But other than the jewelry piece, um, you know, what do do they do want? I have a lot of my grandmother's stuff in my house, a lot. Do you feel comfortable asking them that question? I mean, think, I think that's what we have to get comfortable with is, you know, death is inevitable. It's, it will happen to all of us. So shouldn't we be having the conversations when we are with it enough to be able to say, Hey, this is really a big memory for me, but is it for you? I have a friend, she did a, I've talked about this before on the show, Judy, my friend, Judy, she did a process with her husband in which they went through, essentially, they went through their lives and their artwork. And not that things were super 
valuable, but they had meaning to them. Oh, we bought this piece when we were on our honeymoon and so-and-so, and we got this piece here and we got this piece here. And they literally wrote an entire book of all of these things with the story behind them. And then they took for their three kids and they divided up how they want those pieces to go originally, right? So kid A is going to get this group and in the book, you're going to have all the pictures and all the information on it and whatever. However, whatever the kids want to do with it after the fact is fine. But that's in their mind, this is where they wanted it to go with the understanding that kids, you, you do what you do, what you want. But this, but what was so meaningful is that, yes, it involved the kids because that was the outcome for the kids. But she said it, it was like reliving their marriage. They're, you know, at close to 40 years of marriage that went by in the blink of an eye, but you're, you're sitting and having, as you're writing these things, here's where we got this piece and, and here's what, and I just think back to some of the things and where we got them. And it does make a great story because that's not going to mean anything to the kid. Just, yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice picture hung in, you know, the living room, but I don't know the story behind it. So what a great gift that is to give and to have everything figured out so that you can mourn properly. You can do all of those things. I I would rather have those tough conversations now. And we have to a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, I haven't had a lot of those right now, but you know, I hope and I'm lucky enough to live long enough that I'm going to have grandchildren that are going to be adults. And I'm going to want to give my grandchildren a piece of me. So I guess maybe that's one of the things that I'm not having the conversation for yet, you know? Yeah, um, but I probably will. Um, if I stay healthy and everything, I, I, I will probably in the next 10 years, but 10 years makes a big difference. It does. And I think really, if we look at our grandkids in 10 years, the books we're putting together of all our belongings, if we go that route or, you know, the photo books or whatever, are all the more special to sit down and share with your grandkids. Okay, let me sh- let me show you this book. This is what we did back here. This is what we did. Those are the those are the things that I think are more meaningful. And I think it's so hard when you have so many things, right? If you've had a big life and a large home and and all of that and you've got to weed through. I mean, let's face it. I could do a whole show on how I think, you know, 55 plus apartments are being laid out and what they really have for storage. You you could do a whole show. <laughs> And maybe you, we maybe we should, Katie. Yeah, you really have to get creative on some of the beautiful common spaces. You have to get very creative in your apartments, but it also causes you, and maybe that's part of it, to really figure out what is most important for you to take with and what do you do with everything else because people are not wanting it. And that's difficult sometimes for family members to hear. Yeah. It's interesting. I moved my parents from their home into a luxury apartment and it's a three bedroom apartment. I'm not sure why they needed three bedrooms, but it's a three bedroom apartment. (laughs) And the things that they chose to bring with them and how they wanted to set up their apartment to make them feel really good. Um, And it was those things. It was the, my parents had a lot of artwork and how they set it up around them 
so that they could feel, I think, more secure and not feel like the end is near. And I told my parents, I said, how lucky are you? I hope I'm as lucky as you are that you can move from a home to a luxury apartment and not into an assisted living. And you get to set up your apartment with all the things you want and feel good. And now you have a different new life that you're going to live probably till the end of their days. Mm -hmm. And I said that to my dad yesterday and he said, Hmm, I never thought about it that way. So it's just interesting to watch frustrating at times, but interesting. It is for those of us, especially who are in our age bracket, who are experiencing this with our parents. I mean, you are still in the sandwich years you've gone through with your parents your kids are adult, they're living on their own. It is inevitable that we we will have stuff to get rid of and we will be going through at whatever level things. And so I think it's important to start thinking about have you, how you have those conversations with your family members of what things mean and having an understanding of what people actually do want. And so that if they don't want a lot of stuff, if there isn't identified, you know, I want my grandmother's marble top table, or I want the dining room set. I was just at a client's house who she has a beautiful Duncan Fife dining room set. And I said, oh, what a beautiful Duncan Fife. She said, you know, the brand, I can't get anyone. None of my kids want it. None of my, you know, and I said, I know it's what, it's what my sister's going through. She has my grandmother's Duncan Fife set. They're talking about downsizing. Where does all that go? It's not the in thing right now, even though it's beautiful, solid wood. And it's so that may come around. And sometimes I think they'll probably be the grandkids that'll say, oh, I'll take that now because the parents don't want it. Right. But we've still got to go through our life stories that are told in our stuff. And what do we want that life story to be going into our third, our final third? It's very interesting when I'm listening to you say that, because I go into a lot of my clients' homes and, you know, obviously I go into their closet and their clothes also tell a story because in order for me to help them, I have to know their story. And that's why I go into their closet. But when I'm going into their home, I really don't pay attention to the home itself because I'm very focused, you know that, but I do look at their artwork and I look at their things because that also tells me the story. And so I guess I've never realized it until you're talking. And I thinking, you know, when I am looking at their clothes, I do have to pay more attention to the things around them, because that says who they are right now. And I think that's a very interesting piece yeah. to a person. It does tell their story. I mean, clothes tell people's story. It does. And it changes. People are different. It's it's interesting. I wonder if you end up because of who you are having a lot of similar type of clientele, right? Very uh, successful, um, probably very efficient in their manner of doing things. That's probably why they have you in the first place. So it'd be interesting to see if their house belies that as well as you're thinking. About no, it, it generally doesn't. Interesting. Okay. You know, that goes back to what do you want to leave and what do you have to get through? And to me, I've talked about it before. Life is a series of adjustments and they start it. They start from the time you're born. You know, for me, they started with, I had a birth mother who carried me 
and placed me for adoption. And then I adjusted to being in foster care. And then I adjusted to being, I don't, you don't even know how these adjustments affect you a lot in life. Right. But really, if you're not adjusting to the changes that go on, because nothing stays the same. And if you, if you can adjust in a manner that helps you live fully without being uh, guided by your stuff. And when I talk about this, I really am speaking from experience, having learned of my own, like what, why does this carry memory and, and really having three very strong willed daughters who thank God, that's what you want, are very good at saying, no, I don't want that. (laughs) So you learn as you go, and then you have the conversations and it becomes very fun. Well, I would like you to think about this because this was grandma's and you know maybe you want that still don't want it love grandma of my other memories you know so yeah it's but- it's a very interesting concept and um it's also interesting you know when you have a son you know and you have men who you're dealing with this now I come from a family of three girls um but you know I have a son and it's interesting to watch what is important to him. Example for him right now is he does not want me to change. We've moved, you know, since he's been born, we've moved three times. We've been in three places, but he doesn't want his bedroom set area to change, even though he hasn't lived here in, you know, really 10 years. And it's just very important to him. So it's just interesting how those little things make a difference. He wants to come home and he wants to feel like he's at home. Yep. Exactly. Still. Yeah. How did that conversation come about, Lisa? Well, when we were moving from our second house to the house we're in now, um, I was like, you know, maybe we should sell your stuff and I'll do something different. And I thought I had said you know, it was like awful. What I said, right? <laughs> he goes, Mom, not only do I want it, it has to be set up the exact same way. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, okay. So I had to figure out in this new space how to set it up the way he liked it. And I did. Of course, I did. But even the pictures that were in his bedroom that we've collected over the years, and he has some artwork that we chose together. It's exactly the way it was in his other bedroom. Wow. So it's just interesting. Um, Sometimes I'll go in his room and try to clean some stuff out. And when he comes home, he will know exactly what's missing. Hmm. Isn't that? It's interesting where my daughter is not like that. Knowing him a little bit, I can, he's very attention to detail. I can see that. But I would say she is too. So, but it, it just, it manifests in a different way. Yeah, it's just different. Yeah, it's just different. This is really kind of my, it's my new soapbox is really understand your stuff. Really know that going through the process, take a little bit at a time. Let's end before we get to Ella. You saw the stress and strain that it had on your parents going through this. Big time. Yeah. And that's not what you want for them. And you know, it's hard sometimes those ha- to have those conversations because people become very set in their ways. So if we then say, okay, we don't want to be in that position of being stressed out, 
and coming to the end and coming up against that deadline. And, you know, really it has nothing to do with whether you're a person who procrastinates or not. It's just really looking at a different way to approach the the third, the third, the third, third, let's put it that way. Our final act can be your one of your best. So, Well, let's bring on Ella. The gentle art of Swedish death cleaning is all because of what we have been talking about. And we'll learn really how this came about. Amy Poehler is the executive director. She narrates this show. Ella is part of a group of three that go in and help people go through this process of getting rid of stuff in various different ways. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back to chat with Ella Engstrom. Are you ready to elevate your jewelry and gift buying experience? Then you need Continental Diamond. Since 1981, Helene and Jimmy Pessis have been operating Continental Diamond. Their staff is highly trained, exceptional, and have been with them for many years, and they will help you find the exact right gift. For the past 13 years, Continental Diamond has been named Minnesota Bride's Best Jeweler. Beyond engagement rings, they have a large selection of fashion jewelry, timepieces, and they have one of the most experienced service departments around. You can visit them online at continentaldiamond.com. Go in and give yourself the gift of that experience. It's a special place located just 10 minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, right outside the West End. Plan your visit. Continental Diamond. Continentaldiamond.com. Ella Engstrom, thank you so much. So, so much. As Lisa has told you, and as I have told you, I'm just, I'm singing your praises and enjoying your show. And we want to get to know you. Oh, thank you for having me on the podcast. Really nice to be here talking to you. (laughs) Well, and I could listen to you talk all day. Tell me this. You take a break in the show. I, if the gentle art of Swedish death cleaning is the name of the show, and we'll get into a lot more about that. But I was reading an article that Lisa had found and forwarded to me about the break you take and what you call it. And that's almost like a religious experience, it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the fika breaks you me. Yeah, the fika. Yeah, fika is a really special thing that we have here in Sweden, actually. And uh, you have it two times a day. So about 10 o'clock, you have a fika break. And also in the afternoon uh, at um, three o'clock, you also have a fika break. And it's a time to get together, just have some uh, yeah, free time, talk to each other, have a laugh. So you mix that with work and also talking about other things. So it's a really nice ritual, you can say, that we have here. So in the show, we also have those fika moments where we can sit together, talk about the ones we are helping, and also just, you know, let things out, laugh and, uh, yeah, talk to each other how we should do do it. Does it involve a food or a coffee or a tea? Yes, tea or coffee. Uh, The most common is coffee, of course, but you can have tea as well. You don't need to have cookies or uh, other things. You can also have a fruit or something, but you have something, a snack to eat during fika time. And in Sweden, of course, we have some special 
cakes and things that are just here that are common. You, we have this uh, kanelbulle is something. It's a cinnamon bun that are with some special uh, sugar on it as well. Mm, that are that very sounds common. good. Yeah, sounds it's really nice very, actually. Yes, very good. <laughs> yes. Okay, so so take us back. You're you you're an organizer. So if yes. you were to tell somebody what you do. Give us a little snippet of exactly what you do. Yes. I work as an interior designer and a professional organizer back here in Sweden. I have my own com- company that I have about four years now since I started it. And before that, I have worked in retail industry about over uh, almost 30 years now, actually. <laughs> and I have worked as a concept developer and a visual merchandiser and done concepts for the big retailers here in Sweden. So I have worked also as a space planner manager. You know, when you are planning the space in the store, what the assortment are, should have what space and so on. So you do the layouts, the, both the macro space, as you call it, when you do the layout and also the micro space, when you decide what the assortment deserves what space and how should it be displayed in the store and how many faces every product deserves in the store. So that is my background (laughs) before I started my own company. And I started it because I saw also a lot of similarities when you're planning a concept for the store and uh, how you look at the logistics in the store and how you display everything just so you can (laughs) make sure how you want the customer to take the walk in the store. And you can do the same in your home as well to put up those supporting structures so things can happen more easily in your home as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The efficiencies, the efficiencies of your spaces to give you back more time. Yes. And many times I I think I can see my clients that I help also um, it's so easy. You have so much in your everyday life. <laughs> so everything just goes on and on and on. And many don't take their time to reflect and just look at what is the problem that is behind the things. For example, you have a whole, um, um, hallway and you had a lot, a lot of shoes on the floor and you are nagging on the children. Can't you put your shoes away? But you haven't set up a structure or a capacity to take care of the shoes that you actually have. So it's like, uh, yeah, for sure, you are going to have the shoes on the floor if you don't look at the capacity that you need. And also let the space you have be the limit of how many products you have in that space. So say that again, that's really important. Yeah, let the space be the limit. So the capacity you have, that's the space you have. So you adjust the things you can fit into that space you have. And that's the main problem, I think, in in almost every home, that you have too much stuff, (laughs) depending (laughs) on the space you have. So you have, uh, it has gone crazy, (laughs) you can say. And then you have the struggle just moving things around the piles, the shuffle game, like, yeah, moving things around and everything gets much harder. It doesn't have, have to be that way at all. You can and you think of the time. Yes. Right? Yeah. The time it's very that time it takes. consuming. Yeah. yeah. 
really time consuming and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be that way at all you can design your home so it works for you and your needs and so you're not and and you're saying too which i think i'm going to agree with wholeheartedly you don't have to move to get a bigger space you don't have to push yourself outside your means in that way you just have to really look at things differently and where you are yeah absolutely and that's also one of the really fun things i think with this job is to do that to look at the home in a different uh, in with new eyes you can say as well and see how can we optimize this space in the best way what needs does the, this family have and their things and what to interest and everything and put all these things together. It's like doing a big puzzle, doing, yeah, and see how it can fit and what is the best way to set it up. So it's individual because we are different and everyone has different needs as well. I think it's so easy also to just buy a solution because you see it in another person's home. You think, oh, this looks nice. And but then you try to take it into your home and then you feel oh it it didn't turn out <laughs> the way i thought maybe right. you just had taken a little bit of that because right. you got inspiration you don't have thought it through the whole way so to say and you don't and you don't know we talk about this a lot you don't know what you don't know so if you're not a space planner if you really aren't and even in the interior design world there's a lot of people that do beautiful, like uh, people will say to me, what color, what paint chip? I'm like, not my thing. I, there's many people that that is truly like, they're going to help you with the pillow swatches and all of those types of things. I'm going to talk to you about how this space functions and then the other stuff. But I'm also going to talk to you about, are you a person who likes to see things sitting out? Or are you a person who likes things to be behind mm. cabinets? And some people don't even know that about themselves. And that's where really analyzing that makes a huge difference in the overall usability of the space. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things that my clients are, uh, when I work with them, that's one of the things we are doing. First of all, we start by looking where where they are right now and also what are they need, what what needs they have. And after that, we are looking into that part. How, how does the the storage look like is it open is it closed what style do you have are you more like you need nitty-gritty and you need to and you want to divide it you are very organized and want to have everything separate or are you more like okay it's okay for me to have a basket and throw things in it's better to set up a system that works for you Otherwise, it shouldn't make it more complicated, the things that you are doing. And we are different there, different there. So it's very important to look what's the best for that family or that house. Uh, so oh, agree so much. Do mm. you find in Sweden and what? Well, I'll tell you what to me happens in the United space, the United space, the United States. <laughs> yeah, the United space. That's a <laughs> the good United word. space. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah. That was a Freudian, but that was great. So I think builders are up against a lot regulations, this, that, and the other thing. 
I think sometimes they also just do what has worked for years and years and years. Yes. And they are not looking at, wait, this is a spot that we should have, whether it's an interior designer, but somebody who specializes in space, because guess what? Where we put this door might make a difference to how you use the space. The sight lines, are you going to want to look at that hallway to see all the shoes or the working spaces in the home. And we don't take that care. We might in some levels of building, but I think it's more important in the starter homes, in the, especially in remodeling. If you're not doing it in remodeling, you're missing such an important piece on how that home's going to live for you the rest of the days you're in it. Yeah, I really agree on that because that's a bit that are missing many times. And also when they are designing new houses as well, you have some standards that has worked for years and years and no one take a new look at it and see, okay, what can we do different now? For example, now when everyone is working more from home, for example, that is a different behavior and different needs as well to have a more flexibility as well to use the space in different ways in different times as well so you don't uh, end up uh, needed bigger and bigger space just because yeah it's better to have that flexibility as well so you can use the space better the the show the gentle art of swedish death cleaning leads us to believe that you've got it all figured out in sweden on how to do this how to clean your spaces out and live a little more with less. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a thing that we are more minimalistic. The Scandinavian style are more that you have things for a purpose in general. But of course, we have people here as well that don't have a clue about these things as well. (laughs) Not everything and not everyone have, has their shit together so <laughs> <laughs> at all. So it's easy with things that it accumulates. And also you need to do this uh, to perch sometimes as well, your things, of course, and declutter. Because, uh, yeah, it really ends up very quick with things. <laughs> it adds quickly. Do you have like goodwills in places where people bring their stuff? Yeah, we have a lot of like flea markets and goodwills where people can donate their things. So that's very common that you do. And also it's a big, big trend as well to buy secondhand. So it's getting more and more uh, um, common that you buy secondhand as well first instead of buying new things. So that's really a good trend, I think, as well, to see if you can reuse things. Do you see a difference in generations when you're doing this? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Yes, I do that, because the older generation, if you see my mother, she's 78 now, they are more to cling on to things because they have another upbringing as well. They were born after the Second World War, so they are used to yeah save and it could be good to have and those, those kind of things. So I see a difference. And then we have my generation. It's more like a status thing to have things to show off more or less 
that you have a, a status. <laughs> and uh, I think the next generation, if I see my kids, they are more aware of what they spend their money on and uh, things and are more into also and see for the environment to take care and of experiences. Yes, they're, they're yes. more into experiences. Yes, more to to experience things than have a lot of stuff. I think you see a very big difference in the generation. So, but if we talk death cleaning here in Sweden, it's a very common thing that the older generation start to downsize and taking care of their stuff before they are leaving, so they don't burden their loved ones with things. So that's really. Uh, actually a thing here in Sweden that many are doing and that's the older generation that is started with that uh, do the death cleaning part then the name came more when Margareta Magnusson wrote that book The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning so yes mm-hmm. yes okay so I want to hear more I want to hear how a Swedish interior designer ended up on a show being produced by Amy Poehler. And then we'll talk about a little bit more about that and, and really what you see the future and projects you're working on. We're going to take a quick break. Stay tuned. We are with Bridget Edwards from Sheer Brothers Custom Closets. Bridget, let's talk garages. What are you seeing in garage storage and organization? Garage storage is always nice. It's especially nice if you don't have a mudroom to store all those things like your kids' sporting equipment and boots and all those kinds of things that end up in the home. So we can outfit your garage with all kinds of different storage units and cabinets to keep your garage looking tidy and neat. We also do slat wall. We do workbenches. We do mega shelving, which really holds tons of weight and provides great storage for all those garage type things. And the mega shelving designed by Share Brothers by manufacturing and the depth options and length options are so incredible that you don't have a lot of dividers. So it's really easy to use. It's exactly that. It can pretty much hold anything or any weight. And I really do also like the idea of not having anxiety every time I drive into my garage and have to look at the mess. So this helps with that. What's the best way for people to initiate working with Shear Brothers? Call or you can go onto our website and from there a designer will be in touch with you and we'll get the process started. The website is sheerbrosclosets.com. Phone number is 763-531-7400. I would have to say that Shear Brothers Custom Closets helps you get your zen on. Great way to put it. I love that. We're back. Ella, The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning, the show. It's on Netflix now. Uh, no, I think peacock. I found it. Peacock. Oh, peacock. Mm. peacock. Mm. I'm sorry. It's on Peacock. Uh, I have to tell you, when I first saw it, I just felt like, wow, somebody finally got it. So you're living in Sweden and tell us how they discovered you and put the show together. Yeah, they actually reached out to me. So I was headhunted to the show. They were, they wanted to have a person with my background as well. And of course they reached out to more people. So it was a casting process. So I had interviews, do Zoom, Zoom meetings 
with the, the producers. And then we were to LA also to film, doing a test filming and having a cam test to see who fits together as host for the show. And then we, I met uh, Katarina and Johan do the casting and we really hit it off. Uh, ex- yeah, in the moment we met, we really felt that we really hope that we can do this together. So we actually started a WhatsApp group directly <laughs> when we were there. The three the of you. The yeah, three of you. The three of you. <gasps> That's so of cool. And you, you met in L.A. Yeah, we met in L.A. for wow. the first time. So we didn't know each other before at all. But we we felt the chemistry between us. So we were we were like having the WhatsApp group and talk to each other about the process and have you heard anything and so on. So we were talking to each other. So and then it's history. It was us three that were picked out for the show as well. So yeah, what's, so we are good friends, really good friends <sighs> now. Yeah, And it, sh- it really does show. Yeah, There's a word does. in Jewish, right? Kismet? Well, that... That's not. That's not really. Word. That's a, is that a Yiddish word? What? A, so no. the kismet is where it all. Okay, or whatever you say that it was meant to be. What's the word in Swedish for that? Beshert mm. is the Jewish word. Oh, beshert mm, is the Jewish okay. word. Yeah. What do you say in Sweden uh, about that? You mean we had the chemi? You say like we had the chemistry together. Yeah. You feel that the person chemi, person okay. chemistry. Okay. Okay. Person chemi. Yeah, so that's the word. Yeah, right <laughs> the right. It person. was the right. It's yeah. the right fit. It's there's just such a. I mean, I just get, and maybe it's because I do what I do, but I really think the energy of what you're doing for people, it just comes through. I had, I was in tears mm. through I, several I get, of those shows. I, I get a lot of messages from people that watch the show. So I don't think that it's just because you work with this, because I get so many messages messages from people that have tried by themselves so much to coming in order and also that they have felt so overwhelmed what they are when they are starting to go through the stuff. And everyone says that it has helped them so much and, and also that it feels so easy and heartwarm. The, yeah, when they are watching the show as well. Uh, so, I, I, yeah, it totally. And I think one of the things that I appreciate so much is, and it's it's probably why I'm never going to be a social media sensation in the way that hey, I'm selling you a bunch of plastic bins that you need to use to advertise this or that or the other thing. I appreciate that so much about the show in that. You're taking things they have. You're doing very little. Mm. You're not stripping. Th- you are in some cases stripping things down so that they can be used. But it's done in such a meaningful, thought-provoking way without – it is functional. It's going to be mm. a functional space for years to come. I think that's what comes through to me as yeah. well. Yeah. I think that also is one of the basic when you're doing interior or designing a home – and set, uh, setting up the supporting structure is that it should be functional. And then you can add the other layer that it looks nice and have the aesthetic on it as well. And also to design a home that fits for that person. 
we have so many different examples there. For example, Dog, when we are helping him, the, so that has all the Hawaiian Honolulu. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I saw that show. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot of things, but he likes it. And we just added his stuff and we could put it in a new context and put the things together more nicely. And it works and it feels like it's his, his home and it's personal. And I think that's also one of the keys in this show to just uh, design the home for the persons that live there as well. Because I think we have so much trends and everything and it's so easy to jump on those things. And uh, Well, and for Doug, I mean... Show. Yes, and and you you curated for Doug yes, beautifully, yes. and you brought Doug, his girlfriend, actually into his space because that had yes. not happened either. No. So now you're talking about those relationships that happen. You know, she didn't want to live in a house that had a dining room with a tiki bar. You know, no, <laughs> exactly. I don't know why. But... <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the interesting part that the stuff we have around us also affect us so much, and it's easy to not see how much it really affects us. Uh, all those things that we are holding on to also, we change during a lifetime, and so does our needs also. So it's so important to do the edit sometimes and look through your stuff. What deserves me here and now? Do I really need these things? And if I don't do that, it's better that someone else can use them instead, that it's collecting dust in your home. <laughs> so, at what, age to... do, at what age do you think people should start thinking about that? You know, and then is it every five years? Is it every 10 years? Like, what do, would you recommend? I think you it can never be too early to start. And actually, here in Sweden, we have the four seasons in one year. So we have the 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 årstid. Um, yeah, I mean, winter, spring, summer. summer fall. Yes, yes, yeah. and you have it also in many, many, many Minnesota, places. Yeah. Yes. So I think when you have the the seasonal shifting, it's a good. Uh, opportunity to go through your stuff when you're doing the seasonal shifts uh, and see so then it's not so massive anyway you go through those things that are connected to the season and edit them before you put them away or when you are taking uh, uh, put it uh, oh, taking I mean now yeah. I lost the yeah. words <laughs> when that's you, okay when putting yes. them away and taking them out Yes, yeah. yes, so easy it was. Taking it yeah. out, <laughs> yes. <laughs> then you can go through the stuff as well. So right. that's what I do. At least uh, two times a year, a year, I go through the stuff in, in my home. I think, and I think it's an intention. I think it's truly setting an intention. You know, what happens a lot of times is, oh my God, you get the first snowfall and where where are those boots and those gloves and the hats and the mittens that I need? I got to take down this bin and you pull it and you, it, you know, and now it's like, why did I save all this? So you, it really is setting the intention that I'm going to spend an extra hour to do this. Schedule it. I mean, get yeah. it on a calendar four times a year. Yes. Yeah. It's easy. Then it's not going to be so overwhelming as well. You can take a little part of your stuff and go through that and just take oh, check on that. Then it's, more fun when you are 
taking the stuff again, <laughs> looking into it and know that this is things that I really use and that I like as well. Now, I would I would have to be shirking my responsibility as a hard-hitting journalist if I didn't ask the question of what happened with all of the phallic symbols for the one... <laughs> 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 for the first of the Seussis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she had a lot of them left still, you know. <laughs> she loves them. <laughs> so, of course, she has it. It's a personal home. So, she has her penises. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> still. <laughs> you know, we talk a lot about boobs on this show because it's primarily <laughs> and, and how bras fit and don't fit. And that's a whole other thing. But I'm this might be the first time we've actually talked about a penis. Yeah, and that's the first time I death clean penises. As well. <laughs> Maybe the last. Who knows? <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it so much. I love it so much. Let's talk about you. What's your day look like? How do oh. you organize yourself? Yeah, but the days look very different. But I have, uh, I have uh, quite a structure, <laughs> a structure on my day. So I have like block times that I feel with stuff as well. So I have, uh, I like to have like time blocking in my schedule as well. So I have um, time to both job and also for free time as well. And then when you have this work, when you work with things that you really are passionate about as well, it goes a little hand in hand. So it's easy also that you don't have this, uh, yeah, that you work much maybe. It doesn't, feel yeah, like it doesn't feel like work. So it's really a blessing when you have that opportunity to work with the things you really love, of course. But it's easy also to to work too much. So then it's very good to have this time blocking. So and and the feel that time and also block in the free time as well in the calendar. One question back to the show. When did you record all the episodes all at one time? Or do yes. you do so? Yeah. Okay, so you go from yeah. one person to the next person to the yeah, next person. Yeah, we were we were living in Kansas City for three months, and we did one episode, you can say, in one week. So we were filming um in one house one week. I see. So yeah. Okay. What's next? Yeah, we'll see. We are hoping for a season two. Of course, we don't have it yet. We are waiting and waiting. We really hope that the show has been, uh, uh, people have loved it. Uh, so we really hope that they would go for a season Ooh, two as well. Come yeah. to Minnesota. Yes. We'll help you find, we'll help you find the people. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. But really, and now actually next week, it's going to be premiere here in Sweden. So that's really nice but oh, because here wow. they haven't had the opportunity to see the show yet. So it's starting to air actually next Thursday. Uh, so it's a week from now. So how exciting be- is that? Are you going to be able to go to some premieres and some shows and... Yes, um, yes. So person? it has been now it's a little busy days with interviews and so on. So that's really nice, of course. It's going to be very interesting to see as well how the show is going to be 
yeah, what they are thinking here in Sweden when they see us. Here. Well, and how it affects your business, and yes, I mean, you're gonna yes. you're gonna be a celebrity, Ella, in your yeah, it's gonna be different country. now because now we, we are sitting here in Sweden, and many know how which we are in the U.S. So that's really like we are not there; we are back here in Sweden. So we. We do interviews and so on, but uh, and we get these yeah uh, um, articles from the yeah uh, interviews and so on. So you have a little like feeling about what happens over there, but of course it's going to be different when it comes more near when it comes here in Sweden, of course. So yes. yeah, it's, it's exciting times, of course. So, well, so exciting! It's, a, it's so... a great show, and it's. And you're funny, and you you make light of things, and you're you guys are off the cuff. I know we talked, and you said there is no script, so yeah. Um, I think it's it's a great show. I yeah. I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, yeah thank you. Very. I, real. I hope there is season two. Yeah, I really hope that also because we really make a difference for these people that we are helping, and as I said before. It, I love all the message that people send to me as well and say that they have been so helped by just watching the show. So that's incredible. I'm so grateful for that. Really. And the history that you're helping to save, the woman mm. in Kansas City who, the artist, yes, and yes. losing her wife and coming back to it through her art and honoring her wife and the community that yes. was yeah. one of the first of its kind in the Kansas yeah. city area really focused on gay lesbian and just such a powerful, we are all, we all have such gifts and to be able to showcase what they are and, and bring them out and give her back her life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That was really one of my favorite moments that made, yeah, that really stays in my heart when we were mm -hmm. to the Glamour Archive and did yeah. The, yeah, put their history into the archives there. That was a really yeah. cool experience and Very such cool. an important history as well to, to be preserved for yeah. everyone. Mm -hmm. So Do you really cool. um, stay in touch with any of the people that you helped on the show? Yeah, everyone. I have contact oh. with them as well also. That's because, so nice. Yeah, so I got message from them and I write to them as well. So we have contact. So that's really... So they, they send me pictures. And I, I've got from Doug, for example, he had he had drawn a, a T-shirt that he said that... What the fuck, dog? <laughs> I need this T-shirt. He said. So he sent me. He's an art director. So he had put the design together and said that I need this T-shirt, Ella. What oh, the gosh. fuck, dog? <laughs> That's that. That should be T-shirts that you make up for the show. Yeah, oh, yeah. it should be like merch, <laughs> like merchandise. Yes, yes. <laughs> I I love it. There's a yeah that that's such a great idea, Lisa. <laughs> so I'm curious. You went to live for three months in Kansas City. How did you? Did they do your wardrobe? Did they or did you bring your things? How no, did you... we had the stylist, so they did uh, do our my wardrobe. So I had really good help. 
from a uh, wardrobe woman that her name is Heidi. She was fantastic. She was listening, of course, a lot of uh, what I thought as well and just upgraded my style, (laughs) of course. So it was really, yeah, something. And that's one of the things that people also write so many messages to me about your clothes, Ella. We love it. Where have you bought this? And your glasses, I want them. And I have also gotten pictures from people that I have bought these glasses that glasses, and I call them my Ella glasses. <laughs> so and it's a picture with, them, with those bigger glasses. So I really love that, <laughs> that okay. I can be an inspiration. And I'm a plus plus size woman. So that's also so nice. And I get so many messages from bigger women that say that I'm an inspiration for them as well. You're a that, big role model. Because... Yeah. So that I'm so glad that I can be that, of course. <laughs> so thank you really... for saying that. And what you just said for bigger women, and I will say I'm a big woman. I'm a six foot tall woman. I am not a tiny frame. I've always been a large frame. And people will say, you're not big. Don't call yourself big. I'm like, but it is. And I'm embracing it. It is part of who I am. It's not, if if you have a problem with me being big or that word, but I don't. Mm -hmm. I think that's an important distinction because I think there are so many more people in our size bracket that I think that helps. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was also one of the, I, I hadn't thought about it before the show, but it was really like, wow, when people were starting sending those messages, I was, this is so cool, and I can gladly be that person <laughs> that can inspire others to, so, Ella, to dare a, more when they are. a future thing to think about, is maybe you can come up with a clothing line yes, um, for course. plus women that you can help other plus women. So just keep that in the back of your mind because yes. um, it's it's a big need out there. Um, yes, you know, I know. I do help plus women. Um, I think it's inclusive it's very sizing. Hard. It, it, it's, very, it's very hard. But once I'm able to dress a plus size woman like Heidi did for you, yeah, the confidence in how you feel, you probably did better work on set because that's not a place that was something you were comfortable in to begin with, but because you felt really good in your clothes and your glasses, it probably helped you. Yeah, absolutely. um, Mm. I just think that there is a big need out there for plus size clothing that make women feel really good. So just keep that in the back of your mind. I have it already in my mind. Okay, good. <laughs> Having plans. So good, good. I, I yeah. got to believe you're pro- you've probably been contacted. But I will say something. Interestingly enough, being a large woman doesn't bother me. Plus, the word plus or a plus size bothers me. Because I think to me, you are a size. Yeah. So I think to me, it's all about the spectrum that companies are offering their clothes. And what those are, why Mm. do I have to have that I'm a plus size? I'm large. I'm not small. Those are descriptions. I agree, Katie. Mm. I think that to me bothers me more in the whole scheme of things. uh, Other than it's, it's, and it's frustrating that there are stores that are 
only for plus size women. Mm. Why? Mm. Why? I agree as well. It's crazy. Uh, absolutely. So that's or when I'm shopping for my mm. clients, um, I know where they are now, so I don't use those terms. But and they say, "Oh, you have to go to the third floor to the plus size floor," and mm. I I absolutely hate that. Like mm. it's the same vendors and designers that go all the way up to let's say 24 right or 20 mm. whatever keep it in the same place yeah don't thank make you. it a separate place people will thank buy you. more um we, and we actually I'm a have a con- advocate yeah. for that we have actually have one store a big retailer here in sweden that has started to just put all the clothes together so it doesn't have like a separate uh, a por- department for the yeah bigger clothes <laughs> the bigger yeah, sizes. It, it really infuriates me. It always has, um, and I I have a, I have not worked in a retail store so to speak. No, but no. I go into a lot of stores with clients, and it just it it just bothers me. In fact, sometimes I'll just have my clients go in a dressing room, and I'll just go pull a bunch of stuff yeah, for them. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then when I put it in the dressing room, it makes a big difference. They didn't have to go yeah. to a different place to find it. Mm, yeah yeah or yeah. it's or, like going in those like it's so much guilt and shame anyway yeah if you are big exactly. so exactly. it's it just adds on when you are like okay it's in that corner back there yeah you it's in the far there. corner way over yes. there i think i think yes like, yes. really? or even worse oh no we carry those sizes we just don't keep them out yes so just tell yeah. us what you want and we can bring it to you yeah wow. yeah are you, are you ashamed that you carry these sizes? Why can't they hang with the other sizes? I understand, again, you're wanting to, you know, the presentation of space and all of that, but oof, that one hits hard. That mm-hmm. one is like, I don't care to shop here if you're not going to show the sizes that would fit me. And I know mm-hmm. not everything's going to fit me. It's going to fit, you know, maybe the shoulders aren't sized right, or it doesn't fit me correctly through the middle but other, so not, I'm not expecting every single thing in the world for me to go and find that hanging on a rack for me to try on. But I don't want to be excluded in the walking in the store. You got them in the back. I got to go get them in the back or out of this box below. That just feels really demeaning. So, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done some consulting for some smaller stores and businesses and that's the one of the biggest things i say to them don't let me walk in your store and only see zero two four hanging mm. walk in the have the 14 16 and 18s that you have have those hanging on the rod you're going to sell those faster than zero two fours and uh one person in particular has taken my advice on it and it is working for her so i mean it, it, it that's a whole nother topic but Good for you, Ella. And I, I hope maybe that little piece, I can't wait to see what, what's going to come. Yes. <laughs> no, yeah, so, so, so I can sell it for you. <laughs> yeah. I, I will let you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Ella, what do you think your superpower is? I mean, it's helping others to see others and uh, yeah, be that support for others. I think to, to take, take the next level to make them take yeah to help them actually see things with new eyes Mm. such a gift such a gift and yes yes 
We're going to switch gears as we come into our final minutes with you, which I can't believe is happening because Katie's going to be so sad. I'm going to be really (laughs) sad. So we asked you for the nonprofit you would like to touch on and you picked not today cancer, which is not today cancer dot care. Tell us a little bit why you picked this organization. Yeah, because it was it is our showrunner JJ Duncan that has started this um, this um, uh, non-profit organization because she and her uh, partner uh, they lost their son in leukemia when he was 11 years old. So they are having this uh, also when you can buy toys for children, for example when they are in the hospital and so on and doing fundraisers to uh, to get uh, funds to yeah prevent that other kids are dying in this uh, disease so yeah. i think it's a very 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 important organization so no and so- they that it, it is they talk about and I did not know this statistic almost 80% of children who survive cancer develop chronic health conditions after treatment and secondary cancers are also common and only 5% of oncology drugs um, have a pediatric recommendation when they were first developed so they're not designed for children so their little bodies yeah handle yes. things differently and yes so they're the all of the things that they're trying to help alleviate those struggles what a oh it's yeah. so sad that it takes such tragedy but yes yet the, the heart they have for giving back to starting this organization is really something yeah it really is and also one of the things that jj was the showrunner on the show the gentle art of swedish tackling cleaning i think that is also showing that you can feel that big warm heart in the show also and for her that had lost her child it's so important as well that we have those conversations as well how you can support people that are dying or the ones that have lost someone to just dare to talk on this uh, topic yeah. as well to be there yeah. for one each other so yeah that's really yes. important yeah not today cancer dot care is yes. the website for more yes. information thank you for bringing that to light you know what we can't end our conversation with you without asking about amy poehler yeah, she's so cool. <laughs> she's so funny and she's so down to earth as well. I really love her. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I, I have followed her for years and she just makes me just laugh. I mean, yeah, I just, yeah. She her really humor does. is is my humor. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I I I think she's great. So, it's nice to hear that we're even working with her. She's as great as she appears. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she really is like, yeah, she's really nice and so funny. And also when she do the narration on the show, it also add that extra. Like it's sometimes it's heavy discussions that we have, but she brings in that humor in that. And I think the best medicine is actually to to laugh as well. <laughs> so, yeah. It is so true. It is so true. And She's executive producer. She also narrates it. Did she put the show together? 
she did it together with Scout Productions, the pr- producers that did Queer Eye. They actually okay. were the ones that were pitched for this book. And they asked Amy to also be involved. So it's both Paper Cut Production, that is Amy Poller's production company, and it's also Scout Production that are behind the shows. So they are very involved as well. Out. very cool we wish you mm. all kinds of luck you'll have to let us know if you get back to la um i would or love anywhere to close anywhere close i would love to come meet you yes <laughs> yes i will let you know absolutely Perfect. i really hope to come there uh quite soon i hope for that let's end with what we talked about what is the little break that swedish people take uh, fika, fika, fika. fika. Mm-hmm. So, Katie, mm-hmm. you can have a fika with her. I would yes, love it. of course, we will take a fika if I come there. Fika. If time. we, if we can, can we put fika into lunch into the afternoon fika? I want all the <laughs> yes, time. I'm all into that. I love <laughs> hanging with people <laughs> and a little bit of shopping thrown in. Oh my gosh, we'll just take a day. Of it. Katie has a whole day planned, Ella. <laughs> yes, yeah, I mean, that's nice. I mean oh, to it, you know. Lovely. Thank you, lovely, thank you. Lovely. You are really, truly a wonderful person. It was uh. so nice to talk to you both. So. Oh, thank yes. you. We're sending you all the best energy to be renewed and help so many more people. Let us know how we can help you. And Wait, we forgot something, Katie. What did we forget? How, how did we, oh, how yeah. do people get a hold of you? Yes. 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 You believe it, yes. Katie? Yes. I oh my gosh. <laughs> yes Mm. instagram you can follow me on instagram ings room i'm called there Uh, and also you have my uh, website also ingsroom.com and ingsroom is e-n-g-s-r-o-o-m yes yes that's correct fabulous fabulous okay well be prepared to hear from all of our wonderful listeners and many more (laughs) We'll take credit for everyone new that's coming on after, you know, show. You drop. are so welcome. <laughs> we thank you. Until thank next you so time. much. So nice to meet you. you too. Lisa, I got to get off of our show here uh, because I am flying so high with excitement right now that I, I don't know see. that the walls of my room can contain me i need to go scream from the mountaintops how happy i am i can see it in your face katie as i'm watching you you were you were fantastic but you were in your element and you were so excited and but the thing about ella is that like i said to you offline she has such a beautiful demeanor about her and she loves people like she said mm-hmm and her energy um, for helping is is incredible wow yeah she's she's really an incredible woman and thank you for getting her on i'm yeah i'm so glad i i did that for both of us you are welcome and i I, i'm i'm glad i did it for everyone who's listening and uh one thing we didn't talk about it but we should note is clearly english is not her first language and so she was talking about the energy that it takes to listen to what somebody's saying, translate it in her mind into her language, then think about how she's going to respond back. She does it beautifully. And I wonder if that's part of the secret sauce that gives her that opportunity also then to really think about what she's going to say. 
Yeah. And deliver it in, in that really meaningful way that she does. So I hope everyone listens or watches the show, The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning. Truly, it's it's heavy at times, but it's just, there's so many morsels, nuggets of wisdom, whatever you want to say, things that you can really use in your own life. Trust me on this. And for us, there are so many things that we hope we're giving you that you can use in your own life. And one of the most important is wherever you are, whatever kind of body you're in, whoever you are, look in your mirror and know that you are the best version of yourself. You are the one and only you. We love you. We thank you. Please know that you can find more information on us. Go to theviewinyourmirror.com. You can get way more information on Lisa, way more information on me. You can see the charities that we have touched on. You can see the guests that we have had. And after you do that, go back and look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am one fantastic person. Until next time.